that's exactly what we're going to do today. And I know we, um, uh, I don't think there's anybody can say uh, better than what the brother Ed has already said. And that's what we're uh, doing. We're praying for the brothers. But I think that the best thing that we can ever do to those brothers, that take courage and to be a follower and do exactly what Lord had made a reveal uh, to them and what they're doing. So um, if you don't mind, I'll just uh, invite you to um, go to the scripture right away. Let's turn to um, uh, book of uh, Matthew 26. Book of Matthew 26. Verse 36. Before we read, maybe we just bow our head and have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our heart was uh, deeply moved. Because whenever that you come, as the pastor has said, Lord, uh, something good to happen, Lord. Lord, there's uh, nothing better can be happening than what is happening right now. If our Lord Jesus come on the scene. And reveal himself to us. And speak gently to our hearts. That we hear the word of a God. Not a word of a man. But a word of a God. How precious that is. To hear Jesus speaking to us. How precious that is. To see the Holy Spirit reveal the word. Even in some people in their hardest situation. In a difficult moment. But the Holy Spirit said. I know what is going to happen. And I prepared you. Not by the man's strength, but by the word of a God. Lord, we give you all the thanks, Lord. We just pray you, as we are reading your word, may you open up your word again to us. Speak to our hearts and meet to the people's need. We know that we are in a needy people. But Lord, there is one need above every need that we need you, Lord. We give you thanks and glory. ask you to speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Book of Matthew, chapter 26, and a verse 36. Then comes Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and says unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then says he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed and saying, O my father, if it be possible that this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he comes unto the disciples and finds them asleep and says unto Peter, What? Could he not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that he enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and find them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then comes he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man 
is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let's turn to the um, book of uh, Judges, chapter 6. Uh, sorry, chapter uh, uh, 7. Book of uh, Judges, chapter 7. And the verse 2. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ear of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there return of the people twenty and two thousand. And there remain ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are very, yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whosoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappest of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that bows down upon his knee to drink. And the number of them that the lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knee to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lappest would I save you, and deliver the midnight into thy hands, and that all the other people go every man unto his place. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I know there's only a few people here that can do what I tell them to do, but I guess that you cannot do that in your in your home. As Brother Ed has said just a moment ago, um, you know, my heart was moved when I um, heard, um, not only just I heard that there was the brother was saying, but when I see the, even before things happened, then the Lord already known and had prepared his people. I think that to me that was, uh, that is the key of it. No matter what things has happened in our life, no matter um, what the difficulties that we're facing or situations that they're, uh, we're facing, you, uh, can be rest assured that God knows everything. And sometimes God doesn't reveal uh, very clearly to us. He doesn't say uh, very, um, uh, you know, plainly to us about sort of certain things that are going to happen. It's like, uh, I remember Brother uh, Branham said, that, uh, you know, in the seven church ages, uh, he said, be not afraid. And so the, the Jesus said to them, uh, if, uh, if he just tell them, uh, you know, certain things is coming, certain things is, uh, uh, coming, uh, that the person gonna be afraid, they're gonna be scared, what we gonna do about it. But whenever the, the Jesus said to us, you know, be not afraid, that also shows to us, yes, there's a something is going to come, but he said, don't you be afraid, I'll be with you wherever you go. And, um, so like, like this morning, if Lord willing, uh, I maybe refer, as Brother Ed has did, refer to some of them, uh, the last sermon that the Brother uh, uh, Caleb has had, because to me, uh, I think that was a very tremendous. 
Uh, because whenever the Holy Ghost started speaking, and we want to be very careful about it. We want to be very careful about what we're hearing. And when the Holy Spirit was speaking, because you know in the book of Genesis, uh, sorry, book of Revelation, it says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of a prophecy. So when the Lord started speaking, He was speaking the event that is going to come. And that gave us the courage. And we must put our whole self and build upon that. And no matter what the situation comes, what difficulties that might arise, we must brave through every one of them. If it without the prophesied, if it without the Spirit of God was speaking to us, and we have a right to doubt it about it. But when God still started speaking of that to us personally, then that should get rid of every doubt that is in our hearts. And we saw in the Bible, it talk about the Gideon. And before, you know, Gideon was living in the difficult era that Israelites was in. Uh, but you know, the, uh, as, uh, at least Gideon had something to eat. That he still uh, can go to another one price and uh, just uh, make a living and just um, uh, live, a, I guess, uh, maybe a poor life, but we will say a safe life. And he can uh, save his, his own skin and uh, just go down to one price and uh, stress some weights and uh, uh, make a living uh, for, uh, for his family. But you see, when God saw a person, God saw way different than what we saw. We only saw something, okay, just let me get past this. Just let me live a peaceful life. Just let me do this and that. You see, God, has, He saw something potentially that is in us. Is only take the situation, can raise them, uh, the potential up, to develop the potential that we have. So that we, uh, so that when God said, saw what is the material that it made for his, his bride, God is obligated to that material to be developed. And we saw that the Gideon is the same thing. That he is not just a, a mediocre a person, just to live a life out on this earth. God said to him that you are a mighty warrior. You're not something just a normal person. There is in you, there is something special I have deposited a long time ago, even without you noticing it. I was thinking about the bride of Jesus Christ in this age and to the people who listened to the preaching this morning. God saw something that is way different than what you saw. You might be saying this, you might be in yourself, when you look at yourself, I'm just a weak vessel, I'm just a little person, I'm just a nobody, I'm just a pull back to my cave, I'm just a, there, maybe in a crying, maybe have a nervous breakdown, and facing a different situation, but when God saw you, God bypassed all your mistake, He passed all your failure, He passed everything that you think, oh, why did I do this, why did I do that, God said, you are a mighty warrior. I want to develop something that you yourself doesn't even recognize that you have. And when Gideon had his problem is that he doesn't know who he is. Though God know who he is, but God needs to make Gideon know that who he is. God wants to let us know that he is with us. And no matter what situation that you're going through, no matter what difficulty that you are facing, but God will say to you, I'm with you. No matter where you go, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. He said, I will be with you. And when God say that, God can say that generally to everybody. But when God say that personally to each one of us, that makes it become such a power in a person's heart. I think that for Brother Ryan, he was just singing the song 
I was so blessed by the Brother Ryan. And he said, even just a contact, maybe to a lot of people, that doesn't mean very much, but that is a personal contact to our dear Brother Ryan. And I want that eye contact time after time when I made it to him, God doing something special. When the, when the prophet and the Lord are revealing the prophet and to our pastor, when I, I, I watched the, the episode, then he was sharing about the green checker shirt and shared about the 32 inches of, of the, I think it's 42 or 32 an inch. 42 inches of the uh, the caribou, uh, the, the antler. And to the outside world, that probably doesn't mean anything. People probably just give a laugh and sh- shrug uh, their shoulders. Ah, and it's just nothing to it. But to our pastor, that become a personal. And when he was under the burden, and by the Holy Spirit, when shared that with the same people who under the same anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that become a personal to me. That become a personal to you. It's not just a brother Ed's testimony that become a testimony to the bride of Jesus Christ. It's not about to become a testimony of Jesus' bride generally, but become a personal testimony to me. Lord, if you speak to that, that means that this prophet has said it's absolutely the truth. If that's the truth, if I receive the truth, I might not see the green checkered shirt. I might not raise my hand to measure it up to 42 an inch of an antler of a, of a caribou, but God can make himself real and personally to me in my life. When I, when I was in need, and God can do the same thing to you. You don't have to be go to the hunting trip to meet God. You don't have to you know, wear the green checker shirt to feel the presence of a God coming near to you. You can sit in a congregation. You can sit in your room, sit in your living room, watch the monitor, watch the grin, and then the Lord can drop in that situation. So I know what you're going through. God has to make this become reality to get him. And he told him that you are the great mighty warrior. And there is a something Gideon doesn't say, doesn't see that he possessed. But God has to unveil to him. And when the God is unveiled, make himself become a personal. And then the every situation started changing. When God become a personal to our brother Caleb, that's what makes the situation changed. When God makes it personal, when, he's, uh, when I was reading it, uh, the scripture that a prayer has was mentioned that for I'm now ready to be offered. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. First, I feel very emotional. But then afterward, I feel so much strength. I said, Lord, you know exactly what people are going through. If you know that person, if you know Paul going through, you know Brother Caleb is going through, you know what is this coming for. Lord, you know what we're going through. Each situation... I pray the Lord is speaking personally to you during this service. And God is make himself personally to um, Brother Caleb and uh, whatever that, if the order the predestined seed of a God, is God's obligation. He has to make himself unknown to you. And the Brother Bram said, and from that time, and uh, in this, uh, uh, in this message, he said, Oh, uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, there are apostle, prophets, teacher, pastor, and evangelist. Not all are apostles. Not all are prophets. Not all are teachers. Not all evangelists. He said, uh, but my ministry is a different ministry from the pastor or teacher. 
He said, I'm, I'm not. And if I say things wrong, brethren, forgive me. I said, I don't mean it. But this is my ministry. See, to declare him that he is a here. You can't get any personal than this. His ministry is not just a teaching us. It's not just a preaching to us. But it's to declare him that he is here. When Gideon know that God is there with him, he was asking, if God is with us, where are those miracles? But when God make himself personally to him, then the doubt starts to dissolve. Then all the difficult situation becomes not that difficult. And again, the courage and to go forth to defeat it as an enemy. And that's what it says God has given us the cure, is to declare that he is here. You know, that's why when I read to the, the, the last sermon of the brother Caleb was in heaven, to me that was a saying to, to, uh, to the bride of Jesus Christ that God himself is still here. He's not just a, uh, thousands of years ago. He's not a hundred years ago. He's not even fifty years ago. He's not even one year ago. But he's right now, he's still the personal God to us. That's the ministry of this message is to declare that he is here. When God has declared that He is here, He's not necessarily trying to telling us, that has to standing before us and said, I'm here, I'm here, look at me. He doesn't have to do that. When God tries to make Himself a personally to us, He doesn't have to keep telling us, you know, you are the warrior, you are the mighty warrior, you are the bride, you are the, uh, you know, you will go to the rapture. He doesn't necessarily to say that. God will create a situation. Or God will allow a situation rise up. So that give the word a chance to make himself become a real to you. God will lift, God will let the situation rise up. And during that situation, and he uses the word, become so real to you. That word in the scripture, as the brother Caleb has to do, and it becomes so predominant, so stuck it out to you. And when you're reading that, it's not just a scripture in the black ink on the white page, but become a lively God himself and make himself real to you. So when a situation starts to rise up, sometimes it's a God allowed, sometimes it's a God even created in that situation. He used that situation in order for you to see the words that you heard become so much real to you. I was talking with another brother and he was telling me, he said, you know, when those things this has happened, and in China, he said, when those things has happened, the brother was, uh, was in the jail, he said, one scripture become a so, uh, so stuck it out to me. That's one of the brother who was, uh, uh, in a, uh, in a, in, in a prison that was arrested. He said, the one scripture was so stuck it out to me. He said, uh, when you walk through the valley shadow, uh, de- uh the death shadow of the valley, he said, your stuff, he said, your rod is with me. He said, and that's the only scripture that was going through my mind during all those times. I was thinking, how wonderful our God is. He always gives the word to us. When a situation arises up, He doesn't use it just your emotion. He doesn't use it just your feeling. He doesn't use it just a man's word. Man's word has nothing to do with this. But it's that during that time, God's word becomes stuck out to us. It's not just to become a knowledge, but in that environment, in that circumstances, that word becomes so true to the person. 
And it's that word to bring that person through. It's that word to start speaking personally to you. It's God allow those situations rise up. It's God allow that this uh, pandemic that is around in this world to the world and the people that might be a disaster. But this is the time for the believer of Jesus Christ. It's God to become a personal to us. And when we live in this world, the world will become harder and harder. And but it's, as I said, is God allow all those situations rise up? And we're thinking about even in Daniel's time, in the chapter uh, six and verse five, and those people, and then they try to accuse Daniel. He said, uh, "Those people said that then said this man, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God." They try to find uh, the accuse. The reason that they can't accuse. That they try to find that there's something can bring the believer down. And they couldn't find it, but they only can find it. It was a very interesting scripture here. Except we find it against them concerning the law of his God. It's not that there's some, uh, uh, you know, as we might thinking, oh, they, they want him to uh, become an unbeliever or this. No, it's not that. If they want to find a fault, they must find the fault in the law of his God. And the way how the world in those times, in Daniel's time, how they're doing was so much similar to what we are having right now. It was, it was such a, uh, we don't call this coincidence, it was such a similarity that you can relate it to this. They want to find the fault, they have to find the fault in God's word. How subtle Satan is. In your work, you are such a good worker. They couldn't find fault of you. In your job, you are such a faithful worker. They couldn't find anything against you. Just as Daniel did. And they couldn't find fault when you were in a school. You're a good student. So you're a nice, clean young man. You're doing it everything. You're helping people. Commonly, just in the community, you're a wonderful person. Nobody find, can find fault that's in you. How can they find fault? They must find fault in God's word. Let's look at how the devil was doing. He said, Then this president and the princess assembled together to the king and said thus unto them, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governor and the prince, the counselor and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree. That whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, not 30 years, only 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. They want to find a fault that ain't God's word. They want to find you fault that in the law of God. How they're doing it. They said, we're going to make a law. We're going to make a rule. And in that rule, it will make it a law, make it a rule that in so much time, that in a, in a certain way, that any person, if it doesn't obey this, if it doesn't obey, this highest authority will be thrown into the den. And so when they bring this rule upon, you think about it, Daniel, why do you have to be fanatic? 
Just 30 days. Can you just bow your head and lower your profile and be humble enough? When you pass this 30 days, you'll be okay. It's not something that permanently, it's something just temporarily. It's something that was just, if you made a compromise in this, you can save your skin. If you make a compromise in this, isn't that something the devil try to do to us every day? If you just compromise a little bit, you can save your job. If you compromise a little bit, you can save your reputation. If you compromise a little bit, you won't face all of this. So when this law was passed, if we put it in this day, what is the, they said you can only worship the king. You cannot worship anybody else. You cannot worship Jehovah. You cannot worship, you have to worship the king. What is the king? The highest authority. Then uh, they said that we're going to make a rule. The rule is you have to worship the, the highest authority. If we put it in, we put it in this uh, today, you said, well, it doesn't apply to us. We don't worship king. Yeah. Sometimes you have to worship the political correct. It doesn't have to be a, a so-called law on the page. It can be a certain common sense. It can be a certain value that the people so valued in this world. It can be a universal value. It can be American value. It can be a Canadian value. It can be a Chinese value. It can be any value that if you're against the value, you're actually against the highest authority. You st- let me give you an example. If, if today, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it, we should keep it a social distance. But if I go in down there and shake hands with some people, people's eye might look at you, hey, you break the law. Maybe there's another law on the page, but by what the neighbor's eye, by the people's look at you, they already put the highest pressure on the person. You must follow. You see how subtle the Satan is in this world. He can create it in such a thing, can make it such a thing happen, that it makes the people under the pressure, they must compromise. If they don't do it, then they become against the law of that day. And you're thinking about a Daniel. They're probably thinking, Daniel, you can be just, just, you know, just don't be a fanatic. Just chip a little off here. Just shave off a little bit here. You know, just compromise a little bit here. Compromise a, a little bit there. I'm saying this might come. This come well, very well be is coming down this way. If you don't fall to the pressure, the pressure is not just the law. The pressure is not just somebody making a law. If you do that, I'm going to shoot you. Or if you do that, I'm going to send to the police. If it's just, just by the society, by the people around us, they start to have a certain standard. And if your standard doesn't match up or doesn't compromise those, those people's mouths, those people's lips, those people's words, those people's things that can be a common, can be a general by a, a boycott. Satan can come very subtly. Doesn't have to be the garment. It doesn't have to be worth thinking with a cloud or with a, you know, try to kill you or try to make. No, it can be just a common standard that people always holding. And when this has happened, guess what? The believer always do what they always do. 
And when Daniel, the Bible said, now Daniel, when Daniel knew that a writing was signed, you have to understand that Daniel, the, the Bible said that he's the president. Of course, I'm not saying that he's the president. Like, well, we have the president. But Daniel is the highest authority. He knows what the law is. He knows what is the garment that has to say. But he's the one that is against the law. He's the one to against the law that all the people that the garment of that the king has already passed. He said when Daniel know that a writing was signed, he went into his house. Daniel never argued about the law. Daniel never argued about you have your standard. Whatever that you have your standard, you have your common value, you have your universal value, you have your, your, your American value, whatever that is, whatever law that you passed, Daniel never against it. Daniel never tried to try to say anything about that. He let him go. But Daniel always do what he always do. He went into his house, and as the windows are being opened in his chamber, toward Jerusalem, and kneeled upon his knee three times a day. Hey Daniel, can you be just a little bit intelligent? You know, can't be just a little bit intelligent. Maybe just praying in the early morning, three o'clock, or four o'clock, so nobody else is seeing you. Can you just just shift your prayer time a little bit? You know, you're not a compromise. You're not a, say you're not believing the Lord. You're still believing. Just compromise a little bit. And instead of uh, and that, he was just praying three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. You know what is the give thanks? The original word in the means of shouting. Yeah. It's to scream aloud. And Daniel opened up the windows that praise the Lord. Daniel opened up the windows and said, Hallelujah. I'm giving thanks to God. What do those people think about Daniel? What do those people think about Daniel was doing? Daniel, you crossed the line. You're purposely doing this to against what we holding true. You are purposely saying that no. You're purposely saying doing things to try to against this all. That's what they say about Daniel. But you see, Daniel doing all of that is not to try to make himself a special person. The Bible said he gives thanks before his God as he did aforetime. We're always doing what we're doing. We always hold true to God's word. We're always standing firm on God's word. We're always uncompromised on God's word. We're always preaching the gospel. We're always printing the message. We're always spreading the message. We're always spreading the word of God. We always go to church. We all do go. We always lay hands on people. We always pray for the sake. This is what we always do. We're not trying to do things to anything special. But in the eyes of the world, they're thinking, you are purposely trying to against us. He never do anything different than what he always do. But when the world becomes so dark, but the world the law becomes so strong, they literally change the law. It's not the law. This law is not used to be. This law has been changed. They used to be praying in the school. They used to be that the teacher can pray. But they changed the law. They used to be you can read into the Bible. But they changed the law. 
There used to be that you can go to church to the worship and the people want to mar. But it changed the law, the value of this world. There used to be you can have the work open up the Bible and reading of the Bible and witness. Nobody say a word. But now you, you try to do it. It's not just the law in the land, but it's the law in the people's mind. The pressure starts to come. Satan can come very easily, making the value of the world to become so predominant that you must, you must obey that. If you don't obey, law might not get you, but a people's opinion will get you. They're thinking Daniel is purposely try to out against them. But Daniel always do what he always do. You'll find out, Sam, as time goes by, this will become a harder and harder. Together, together, become a harder. To pray in Jesus' name, become a harder. To believe the word, become a harder. Why? Because they changed the law. The people's mind. The people's value. But what does the Bible say in book of Acts? 419, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of the God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. In other words, you decide. And that is that for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Then Peter and the other apostle answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. That is our standard. In the time of the difficulty, we don't have to be, try to make it a, you know, try to be a something that is special. Try to do it against the rule and then this and that. We just do what we always do. We believe the word. We pray. And we lay hands on our, if they're our family, if there's a sick, and then we lay hands on them. We always do what we always do. What is the devil that's tried to do? It's not that you try to against it. But the devil will make it harder and harder. You have to give a lot of force that you can push. You can go. You have to give a lot of strength and the faith to believe what is the God's word has ordained us to do. But God allowed those things to happen. He allowed those things to rise it up. And to also let us know that he is with us. No matter where you go. That he's always with those people. The standing true to God's word. And in the book of the Judges, and we just read, and the Gideon, when he was, um, you know, there was a war coming, there's a fighting, is on this way. It's not you fighting the battle, but it's God fighting the battle. It's not you try to fight with devil and try to drive him away. It's God as in you is driving him away. But God, when he was fighting, he's not just uh, uh, try to, uh, you know, use uh, with manpowers to doing it. But God is doing that by just a small amount of people. It's not everybody can follow the word of God. Sometimes there's just a few. And then the... the the Bible in the book of Judges said that whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early. 
You know, God cannot use a coward. He has, he can only use the people that's courageous. You know, when Brother Caleb, he was a, this is the last service that he was a preached on. And this, uh, it was a very touch me when he was saying that. He said, I just posted a notice to a group chat. I'm mailing them the printed a message book. He said, one person said to me, do you think it's safe? Brother Caleb said, he said, I said, I never consider that. Then that person said, wisdom can make your ministry last longer. And Brother Caleb said, praise God. I'm not looking for how long I can last, but how soon I can finish. We're not saying looking for how long that we can last. We're looking for how soon we can finish the work of the Lord. That's why we give us so much zeal. That's why we give us so much passion. That's why we, regardless of what's happening, we're focused, not distracted, focused, focused, and focused again. And that is to say, God is in this. That is to say, Lord, you give us this commission. You give us this burden. You give us this vision. That is the pressing on. Disregard anything else. Disregard anything that is aside. Put everything aside, but run this course. I was thinking, this is the man that after God's own heart. It's like David when he was uh, taking an ark. Taking an ark when he was coming back. And he was dancing before the Lord. He was dancing before one ark when the word of a God had come back. And one God looking down from heaven said, David, David, he said, you are the man that after my own heart. Because his whole heart it's for the word of God to come back to his position. In his message, in his sermon, he said, I have thought much recently. I don't want to just a chanting slogan every day. I want a life that lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. That can cast down every screw post. That cast down every warrior's worries. To serve God. Then when Jesus asked me if I love him more than all this. There will be a love. Without any regret. Raised up from my inside. He said in here. But if you become a fearless. Like those Hebrew children. When facing death. Then what can Satan do? Fear not them which kill the body. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body. Everyone that live a life serving the purpose of a God, God will grant them a resurrection. Then he said, I was just reading this portion of scripture with the family. The scripture, the brother Eddie just quoted, now I'm ready to be offered. He said, I was so choked. He said, I almost couldn't finish reading it. He said, I'm thinking that Paul had forsook. He said, I'm thinking what Paul had forsook were the greatest thing 
that man in this world has esteemed. But he said, I'm ready. This is the word I'm looking for with all my heart and all my soul. That is one day I can say, Lord, I'm ready. I was thinking, who's speaking all of this? For a man, man couldn't do that. For a physical body, we are human beings. We have fear. We have scare. We have a weakness. We're afraid. We don't want to leave our family. We don't want to leave our children. We don't want to leave our wife. I believe it's the Holy Spirit is speaking through a person. What is the purpose? Let us be focused. Let us never leave this burden and the division that the Lord gave it to us. In another part of the sermon, he said to talk about a sacrifice for this message. He said our pastor had showed us an example. Brother Caleb always called me his pastor. I told him, I'm not your pastor. I'm nobody's pastor. I have a pastor. And he said, our pastor had showed us an example. Then I'm thinking about the Lord, what example I left to person. Then he said, uh, actually after this, after I received this, I asked a, a sister in China, I said, can you pass me my grading? To Brother Caleb's wife. And told her. Brother Caleb called myself to be his pastor. But I feel Brother Caleb. And you are my pastor. An example has shown. As to what a man of God. That should be. Then he said. He's, a, he's the vision. That God gave us. You have no excuse to say. You don't know now. God told Joshua before he crossed the river of Jordan. Be strong. And of a good courage for the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. You say, oh, if God tell me, like he told Joshua, I will have courage too. But he has told every believer the same thing. He said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. In the message witness, 1953, this is still quoting his sermon. Said Brother Brandon said he told every believer the same thing. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Courageous. He said, that's go take the promise then. God give us the promise. That's to be a real witness. He says, Brother Caleb says, so that's be more courageous. God love courageous. God has blessed you all, bless our ministry. But sometimes blessing comes with suffering. He said, yet I want everything that connected with eternity. I believe God tried to do something to us. He tried to say to us that in the time that we might be facing... Don't ever try to compare. Said, oh, they're going through a lot of harder, harder trial, harder trouble than we are. There is no comparison. When I say this, it doesn't mean that there is a heavier, we're lighter. Every trial is trial. 
to that person, no matter what trial that is, is still the trial. But what we try to do when we're seeing that, when we're seeing that, take courage of what the, the brother has said from the what the sermon that he has to preach. Do what the, what is the brother what he has done. Focus on the word of God. What the Lord has made real to him. Pray that the Lord made real to me, so that I can be take courage, that I can be go forth. And keep my vision true. And don't in time like this, that our pastor has quoted a few weeks ago, don't in time like this, let your line be entangled. This is the time to keep our line straight. It's in time like this, we find out that those people, the Lord said to them, if you're a fear, it's that you can go away. Probably some people are already trying to find an excuse like this. And as soon as they said that a poof, all the 20,000, I think it's 20,000, just left. They said, my goodness, finally, you give us a chance to leave. You know, God always gives people a chance to leave. He actually finds you an excuse so that you can step down. Just save your face. And then one of 20,000 leave. God said, no, still too many. He said, I'm going to give you a drinking contest. You're thinking about, I'm, I'm always thinking about the other, I think it's 10,000 or something. I, I'm, my math is not very good. They only left the 300. Those, those 10,000 some people, what are they thinking in their mind? When this 20,000 says they're gone, they probably, some people maybe said, yeah, we're going along. Some people said, boy, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I, I, I'll try. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. And those, uh, when, when all those people left, maybe some people were thinking, I better don't leave now. Because yeah. if I leave, I was exposed. <laughs> because they said, and who's a fearful he can leave? Man, if I leave, I'll become a coward. So there are the people saying, you know, let me just hang on there a little bit more. If there are people hanging on, you won't hang on very long. Because God is going to give you a drinking contest very soon. Then God bring them to the water of a separation. It's God bring them down. He bring them down to the river. And then God tell Gideon, said, whoever going to kneel down and just... Uh, Put her face in there just drinking water like that. He said, those people, let them leave. He said, only those people, not bow down, not kneel down, but they lap, they take the water out and lap it like a dog. What a strange way to a drinking for a human to drinking like that. They have a num, 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 num. How? You can't even learn how to drink that, that. But you see, when a time like that, it's not so that the water that you drink, but it's the how you drink it. What force you put it in there. What energy you put it in there. What focus you put it in there. What burden that you have for. What vision that you have for. It's not just I'm a believer, I'm drinking, I'm eating the message, I'm listening to the table. How you listen to it. How you drinking it. That is the water of a separation. That separated from the people, from the believer, from the unbeliever, and the make-believer. 
When that of drinking Tacitus is coming, and you find out whatever it is in the person is being manifested. And there are people that when they're facing, the message to them is a great resource for their knowledge. It's a great resource for their family. Great resource maybe for them to know how to handle those things, how to deal with them. No, certain things that are in our job and this. But to another people, this message is God Himself. To another group of a people, this message is a person. This message is not something just talking about. But this message requires action. This message requires you put your whole being as a sacrifice. This message requires that a person give him a whole self to it without any reservation. That's what I heard. That's what I saw. What is the sermon that a brother Caleb has done to me? That's why I said I rededicated my whole life again. Lord, I feel very humbled when I saw all the texts that I received. And I saw this uh, sermon that he was uh, preached. I was thinking, Lord, no man can really do that. It has to be God himself doing. And he said in his sermon, he asked his wife, uh, his wife asked him, he said, my wife asked me today if I have told Brother Murphy all of this when we're in the elevator. I said, no. I said, we don't want to add more burden on him. We need to share his burden. He has done what he could and beyond what he could. What about us? Let me apply this to every one of us here or on the internet. We had a pastor, had a vision, had a burden. We have all this man of God has do all they can for the word of God to spread it, to preach it, to print it, to let every corner of this world to solve that. We're not supposed to add burden. But what we need to do is share the burden. Then I want to say, what about us? I think we need to ask us a serious question. What about us? He done what he could. And sometimes, a lot of time, beyond what he could. And what about us? But you see, when God bring the water of test... And then during that separation, during that drinking, and some people, they just kneel down to the situation that they're in. And they just give themselves, instead of giving themselves to the Lord, they just give themselves to the trial. They just give themselves to the difficult. And that those things that just bury them. But you see, there's some people, they're not bowed down to the trial. They're not bowed down to the difficult. And they're bowed down to what is the common value or the universal value. What is the world to try to do? They only take this a chance. Take this a COVID-19. Take it a whatever trial that you're going through. And they put our hand into it and they take the water out. And then they use the drinking, give it our whole self to it. And then they draw victory from this trial. Then God can use a person like that. You know, things that happen it always to prove who are the children of God and who are not. Who are the true believer and who are not the true believer. 
In 1 Corinthians 11, 18, it said, For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there will be division among you, and I partly believe that. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are proved may be made manifest among you. You know, the things, the different things that God allow is for a proof. To prove who belongs to God and who is not belongs to God. So the word of proof, sometimes you have to be forced to make your stand. To say, you know, I stand firm for God's word. I'm standing for the message in this hour. But when you do that, the, 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 the verse that we just read, to let those approved to be manifested. And when God before the battle, as the title goes, the battle before the battle. So when the battle come, there is a greatest battle that can ever fought. Let's go into this. Before the battle was started, there is something even more important than that battle itself. Because if it were resolved, we determined when God make himself real to us, the battle is just a reenaction. Is that the right word? I don't have a university students here to help me down. The reenact, reenactment. It's something you just acted it out. You already know the end result will be. When faith believes the word of God, faith already saw what is the end result going to be. We don't need any explanation. We don't need any interpretation. We don't need anybody to tell me this and that. When faith got to rise up, got to hold up the word of God, faith already went to its destination. And if God said, believe Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. Faith grabbed a hold of the word of God, already went to the destination, said there's nothing but a truth. And the proof, God need a proof of people. You don't need to approve yourself. All you need to do, believe the word that the word of a God will stick, will, uh, will make you stuck out. Will make you, will prove you, make you like those 300 people. So approved means accepted. And this is a very special word. It's that a particularly of a coin and money. Approved, the means, it's in the old time, you know, they don't have the paper money that what we have. What they have is a coin, a gold coin or silver dollar or whatever that is. So approved is means like a coin. And that coin has to, made from a, a mint. Factory? Money factory? Whatever that is. So, what they do is they uh, take all the precious gold and they uh, refine it. And after they refine it, and then they pour that into mold. When they pour that into the mold, and after they cool off, they take the, uh, take the, the coin out. And then they, uh, uh, shaving, shaving it. Then they started polishing up because you don't want to cut the edge off your, uh, your hands or things. So then, then they put the uh, coin, uh, after the shave, after the polish, all the edge, then they, uh, put that into the market to circulate. Then that uh, coin has a value to it. You see, what God did to us, He takes us out of the world. 
and it refined us and put into the mold of Jesus Christ. And then, after He refined, after He put us into the mold, then He take us out. And then He continually molding us. Continually shaving this off. Shaving that off. Continually polishing up. Continually take your prick out. Take your edge off. Take your temper out. As the word of Brother Michael was speaking on, you have the faith added on virtue. And the virtue temperance, then patience, then godliness, then brotherly kindness, and then the perfect love, which is the Jesus Christ that it is himself. Who's adding it? God himself is adding it. God is alive. Our whole life is a constantly, is a process. God is molding us. Constantly God is shaping us. Constantly God is shaping up this, is shaping us that. Then you have a true value. Then you will be putting it into the market. You start a circle. And that is the word of proof. Then when you are in the, oh, you know, that's what God is doing. He taking us out of the world. Take our drinking away. Take our smoking away. And take our backbiting away. Take our gossip away. Take all of things that started it away. Why? Is to reveal the true value of it. It's only the one come from the mint can have the true value. Anything else outside of the mint, if they're circling around it on the market, that is a fake. There's a no other thing you can do, but you must be coming from the word of a God. This is the only mint that you can coming out of. That is the word in this hour. There's no other mint that can produce the quality, the value like a believer that have. The believer, if you would call us a believer, we can only come from the message of this hour. Any other money, any money that coming from other source, other mint that is not from the royal mint that in this time. And when that mint, when other money was coming out, and it is started to put into the market to circle. If I can put it this way, you'll be put in the school. You'll be put in the, in a job. You'll be putting in the, your business. You'll be put in the church. And you'll put in your family. Why? To show your value. You start to circulate. When you go to the restaurant, you actually show your value. When you go to a certain place, you actually show your value. People know that you are different. And on the one day, my daughter was walking on the street. You probably noticed that Charity got such a long hair. And when she was just walking on the street, just from, a, from a, just one block, and there is a guy who driving a car, and it was a driving, he slowed down, and he rolled down the window. He started looking at my daughter, and my daughter was thinking maybe some... Uh, some bad guys to follow her, so she started running. And then the guy said, no, no, that's fine, that's fine. I, I just never saw such a long hair. Even your hair can be a testimony. That is your value. Don't never devalue what God has given to you. You might thinking that's just a small thing. But in God, it said, I put you circling into the whole market. One day, what you have a show your value, that will become a judgment to this whole world. And when God put them into, and they're in the market, and they start to, the circling, and that's the time that they start to really show the value 
of that coin. You know, no matter where you are, the value never change. If there's a one silver dollar, no matter if it's a silver dollar is on the ground or is in a person's hand, no matter if the silver dollar is coming from a, a bar or coming from a tithe box in the church, that value never change. No, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your failure is. You might think you're a stumble. You might think you made a mistake. You might think that you were weak. But your value never change. No matter where you go, your value never change. Because you are coming from the royal mint. That's the word approved. It's those approved when the things that happen around, God said, I want to approve you. I want to make that a 300 man stuck it out. But you see, this word can also have another meaning. Because of what you're, when it's a coin, it was a circling in a market, and some, uh, some people without integrity, they would try to shave off. You know, if you got a golden coin, if you fall into the money changer, if the money changer is not to the honest person, he tried to shave off the coin a little bit. And to shave off a little bit. Then the gold dust, then he used all the gold dust to make his own one. Do you know that when you're circling, when we're in the world, that's exactly what is the Satan tried to do? Satan is not trying to just throw you away. Satan was to try to do, he shaved a little bit off, and he shaved a little bit off, and before I know it, your value diminishing. That's why don't fall into the world, money changer. You have to fall into the hands of God. You don't, if you fall into the world and the money changer, then you start to, they start to shave you off a little bit. You compromise a little bit here. You compromise a little bit there. And before you know it, your value has been devalued. But if you give yourself to the Lord, if you're not give yourself to the wrong doctrine, if you're not give yourself to this person says that and that person says that, your value, your value will always keep true. If you stay in line with the God's word, Always focus on what is the God's word has said. No matter how Satan tried to do, he can never shave your value out. God has to give you the value. You're the one that has the value going to the rapture. You're the one that the God called the value is the overcomer in this age. God called you a serpent stumper. He called you a mighty man of valor. You might think in yourself as Elijah went into the cave and again a nervous breakdown. But God said, you have more work to do. That is your value. Satan might be throwing you here and throwing you there. And it makes you feel weak. Make you feel weighted down. But that never take your value away. Actually, you become a time-tested memorial of God. Because the one that coin paper, the longer he gets, that gold value that in that coin actually become more valuable. Your value is not only just a dollar in a hundred, in a twenty years ago. As time goes by, you still, 
you stable, you stand fast, you believe in the word of God, you breathe every wave, you go through every trial. That only shows one thing, that you are a time-tested memorial of God. A gold coin, a thousand years ago, their value has been million times more than what they are a thousand years before. Then they are become they are the gold coin. They are not the fake one. They are not as the outside of the, some of the golden dust. It's just the inside is all that. All of those when you sunk them into the bottom of the sea were crowded it away. All of those are fakes of the one. When trial come, they will crow it away. But if you are the true seed of a God, the trial only make your value become a more value. I was thinking about those of the brothers that was the took it away by the police and the now in the jail. It doesn't devalue them one bit. All of that only increased the value so much. And their value is not only to their family. Their value is not only to their church. The value is not only to the Chinese believer. The value come all over here. The value come to the Europe. The value come to the Africa. The value has been spoken to many, many people. Why? They become a time-tested memorial of a God. My brothers and my sister, trial is only increase your value. This COVID, this thing only increase your value. You might think I'm sick. You might think I'm awake. You might think my family went into the depression. It doesn't devalue the one bit. All of this only do one thing. You become a time-tested memorial of God. If you're the true believer of a God, your value will never diminish. And I'm thinking about Jesus when he went into the greatest battle before the battle. His greatest battle is in Garden of Gethsemane. His greatest battle is not on the cross. His greatest battle is not in a grave. It's not when people pulled his beard out and spit it on his face. His greatest battle is in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he surrendered him his whole self. You know, that's what I saw from this sermon. The brother Caleb has, he said, I'm ready. I'm ready to be offered. I wonder if we're ready to be offered. I wonder if we can say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. Not maybe me. You may not. You may never experience what those brother experience, but you can be ready. So, Lord, I'm ready to dedicate myself. I'm ready to give my life as a sacrifice. I'm ready to do whatever that you ask me to do. Lord, I give my whole being. Lord, there are so many things that weigh me down, but Lord. I'm ready to give it up. Lord, there were so many things that have been so just in me, just try to distract it in me. But Lord, I'm ready to give it to you. Are you ready? Jesus, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he went through the greatest battle that he ever fought. Even during that time, he asked, disciples, can't you just watch with me for an hour? When we're going through things, when we're going through trials, the difficult and the things that happen in our family, things that happen in our life, how we love to have somebody that can with us. How we love to have somebody that he can pat on our back, can say a few encouraging words, can go through with us. But he has to walk alone. He has to walk alone by himself. He has to go through it time, two times, three times. 
If Jesus has to do that in order for Him to total surrender, in order for Him to yield Himself, not to His will, but to the will of a God, how much that we need to do the same thing. The greatest battle is not a battle of overcoming. The greatest battle is the battle of a surrender. The greatest battle is not a battle, you try to do this, you try to do that. The greatest battle is the one thing. Lord, I give myself. I yield myself to you. That doesn't devalue you. That only increases your value. When Jesus come out of that, His greatest battle is finished. He put down His own will and take up the will of a God. Then I'm thinking about a brother Branham. One of his greatest battle, he lost his wife. He lost his uh, daughter. But was something just rise up, said, if the Lord, uh, if, if the Lord is that, he said, just give it up and don't believe it. But just before he said that, something raised up from the inside. So the Lord give us, the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is the greatest battle is finished. He can go on buried as his daughter. And he can go on and serve the Lord with all his heart. And we saw the end of his conversation. How Lord had used him as a messenger. Brother Ed, please forgive me to say something. Then I'm thinking about the, our pastor. I don't know what is his greatest battle is. He probably went through a lot of a greatest battle. I think one of the greatest battles he had, and he shared it with us, he's sitting in the office, in a Toronto office there, and he probably thinking to himself, should I go or should I not? Should I sit in here and continue my career, or should I go where God had called me to go? When that greatest battle is over, and the battle is already won, and we are the result of it. Please forgive me to say this. Yesterday, I was watching the service, 2009. 2009, August the 30th. I think Brother Ed will forever remember that day. It's called, The Battle is Not Yours, but the Lord's. Brother Kayumbi has said that service. I was watching, I was watching him. It is sitting behind, and I come up behind a pulpit. I say what is the Lord had to put it in there. I was thinking, what a greatest battle a man of God has went through. This is 11 years later. And then I remember a few months ago, but I had to come behind a pulpit. And then he said, uh, you know, he lay behind, lay on the floor, literally lay on the ground and pray to the Lord. So Lord, if this ministry is not yours, is need to be crumble, let it crumble. But don't let the sheep suffer. And then he want, he come up and then leave the burden over there. I'll say that is the greatest victory. Hallelujah. The battle is over. How many battles do you have me going through? The battle is not a battle. The greatest battle is before the battle. 
For Brother Caleb, the greatest battle is not in the, in the jail right now. It's been almost two months now. We don't know what this is going to be. But I'll say his greatest battle is over. No matter what they do, his greatest battle is over. Because he said, I'm ready. I'm ready to be offered. I was thinking, what about us? Even Jesus wanted help from the people. His disciples. Can you watch with me? But no one in that time can do. But only yourself has to go through. But you're not by yourself. God is with you. And then when he was to rise up from that, people take courage. When Gideon has to rise up, and then the 300 men with him take courage. And I'll say, and we take courage from the sermon, the last service that Brother Caleb has said. The text that we have received. Let me give you the, just give me the five minutes, I'll finish here. The Bible said, be followers of me, as Paul said. Wherefore, I beseech you, be followers of me. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, it said, be followers of me, even as I also am a wizard of Christ. Those 300 men, when they saw what God has revealed to Gideon, that's the whole service of that. I won't have time to go into it. Then they take courage. When David saw when the Israelites saw what is the David has done to to Goliath, they take courage, and those people start to follow and the beat in the Philistine. Then Paul said, "Be followers of me." What is the follower mean? That means an imitator. Follow is not that I go here, you go there. I do. You just go is wherever I go. Follower means imitator. If I raise up my hand, you raise up your hand. If I lower down, you lower down. If I look at this way, you look at that way. If I open up my eye, you open up your eye. If I close my eye, you close your eye. That's called imitator. You must be every move, everything that imitated exactly what's the one that you are following. God has gave us many clouded of a witness that encompass around us. He doesn't want us to just be a follower as a so world so-called follower. Oh, I'll go here. Oh, I'll do it. I'll come to it. I'll, I'll, I'll become a zealot a little bit. No. Imitator. You imitate everything that he moved. When you saw that is the God is moving. Enter the Bible. In the Hebrew... It said, partly, while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproach and affliction. Sometime we have to run through that. You become a gazing stock. And not somebody admire you, but you become a gazing stock by reproach and affliction. As my brother, Brother Caleb has quoted, he said, I'm being like the evildoer. And he has to plead for himself as a criminal. And he said, Partly whilst he become a companion of them that were so used. And this time I was thinking many, many times. What can we do? We can become a companion. 
to the people that is a sufferer. We can be the companion of them, as the Bible has said, that were so used. God has put the put a man of God as a gazing stock right in front of us, by the approach, by affliction. And Paul said, "You become a companion of them." I'm thinking, how can I be a companion? I couldn't go to jail. Even I want to, I couldn't go. I couldn't go to the room. I couldn't go there to comfort our brother. I couldn't go to comfort his wife and his congregation. I couldn't do all of those. What can we do? He said, you can become a companion. Companion. It means partaker. Companion is not means to just go there, you know, I'll be with you, you know, pat on the back and, you know, I'll try to help you a little bit. Companion may, companion means partaker or partner or associate, a comrade. Companion means a sharer, that you share what they're going through. They will become a partaker of what they have a partake. You become a, you're not an onlooker. You're not a, just a, Spectator, but you become a participator of that. That called a real companion. I believe our brother Caleb need a companion. But a companion to go there to send an email or to do whatever that we can do, that doesn't mean a companion. A real companion means a partner. A real companion that means sharer. That share the burden, share the vision. Not just on look, not just a spectator, but become a participator. Brother Caleb said in his sermon, he said, I beseech you. That is one of his last word to his congregation. He says, I beseech you, don't be a spectator, but be a participator. To set up a printing station in every place, we can print the message and send it out. The message can only be life when they put in the hands of the people. That's one of his last words. I was thinking about how can we be a companion. Emotionally, we're tied with our brothers, with our dear sisters and all their congregation. They have gone through all these trials. But to be a companion is to share the burden, to share the vision. I was thinking one, if a brother Ed was going through years ago, the rough time that the, the whole church was going through, I was thinking, Lord, you gave our pastor what a marvelous participators, not a spectators, not just a looking around, not just try to finding fault, not just a look at there. Yeah, we see how long they will last. No, they become a participator. They keep silent. They don't say a word, but they put our shoulder into it. We spread the message. We print into the message. The message went to Uganda. The message went to Ethiopia. The message went to the everywhere. Went into China. And we translated the Bible. We do everything that we can. What are we doing? We become a companion. I don't believe we become a companion of our brother Ed Bisco. I believe we become a companion of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord said, when I was in jail... He said, you come visit me. When I was hungry, he said, you feed me. 
When I was uh, thirsty, he said, you give me drink. When I need a clothes, he said, you close to me. I believe that we can do that. When our brothers are in jail, we're not going to jail to the visit. But we can do something way beyond that. Way powerful than that. And way greater value than that. Keep our vision true. Keep our burden. Share this burden. And become a real companion. Not a, not a spectator. But let us be a participator. Let a musician come. You know, we can hear a lot of a voice. I remember that a few weeks ago, I preached, uh, now you're in your, you put in your cave, but you hear the still small voice. But Abraham said that when they had a, when Elijah was pulled back to his cave, he said that there are, you know, God showed himself to Elijah. Then there's an earthquake. He said, but God is not in there. Then he said that there is a thundering. God is not in there. There is a windstorm and blowing through, but God is not in there. But he said, then there is a still, small voice. And God is in that still, small voice. Did you hear a lot of news? Yes, I believe. You heard in America they had a 1.8 million people got infected. We thought that's a big news. And we thought uh, this uh, politician got infected. And that uh, prime minister in Britain was got infected. And we saw that this got a, uh, uh, even the, you know, the, the factory that just opened up of the thousand people. And it was got a COVID-19 that was infected. And we heard a lot of storm. We heard a lot of earthquake. And we heard that the brothers in China now was arrested and in jail. And all of those, I'll say that we heard a lot of storm, earthquake, shaking, moving, and all of that. But I wonder if we heard the still small voice. Don't be a spectator, but be a participator. Have we heard that word? Now I'm ready to be offered. Are you ready? All of this that we heard. Is it a storm? Is it just an earthquake? Or is it still a small voice? That God is still speaking to us. Can we sing a song? I'm amazed that he loved me. Brother Nathan to help me. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how our God loved us. After the earthquake, after all of those things, but God sent a still small voice from a thousands of thousands of miles away. Has to over the far wall. Has to go all of this these things months later and start to coming to us. I pray the Lord to drive away all the fear that we have. Drive away all the distant, distract, distract, but let us be focused again to what is the God I want us to do. Thank you, Brother Nathan. Can you uh, lead the song? I'm amazed.
feel that it will strangely move the Lord. Lord, I don't feel this is just some sermon that ascended from China. The brothers has preached that we heard. Lord, this is the declaration to us. This is the God himself want to speak personally to us. That it's time for us to focus ourselves again. It's time for us to not become a spectator but become a partaker. To become a really a companion, not with our brother, but a companion with you. Lord, when you're in a Gethsemane, you have to go through this by yourself because you're giving the redemption to this whole world. Nobody can take that cross, but only the Lamb of God has to be slain, which was the same before the foundation of the world, and now in that time to fulfill that a prophecy. But Lord, after the Holy Spirit come, after you're resurrected, 
and the Holy Spirit of yourself dwelling in the, the believers, you become a companion to them. And also, they become a companion to you. All those disciples start to preaching the word. They're not a, just onlooker. They're not just a spectator, but Lord, they become a participator. Because the one, the Holy Spirit, now dwelt in them. Lord, we heard the voice that you sent it to us. Lord, it may be that time and there's nobody can be with Brother Caleb and all the other brothers that was uh, arrested. But Lord, only you can be their companion. But Lord, and now we hear the voice. We hear the word. Lord, we want to become a companion. We want to become a companion to those people that has been become a gazing stock that are by affliction and a reproach because we know we become a companion of them when we become a partaker when we share the burden we share the vision of you Lord we become a companion with you Father I just pray you while we are dismissing ourselves maybe they have to turn off the screen but Lord I just pray that the presence of a God are lingering in their room Lord, they have to go to different activities. Lord, they have to have the events for the Mother's Day. How we appreciate all the, the fifth gospel. Lord, that they haven't been living true to the word of a God. Oh Lord, I just pray that your presence is lingering, Lord. Lingering in their room. Lingering whatever they are. Whatever they will be. And that is the presence of a God. It just drive people into a deeper walk and a closer relationship with you. We thank you, Lord. I pray for Brother Caleb and all the rest of the brothers and their family and their wives, their children. Lord, as they are suffering, as they are going through, Lord, I'm thinking about, I can imagine what a mental battling that a raging war the Satan tried to do to them. But Lord, I know you're the strength giver. Lord, you're the mighty warrior. You're the one that can strengthen them. When it seems like they're run out of a resource, when it seems like they're come to the end of the road, but Lord, there is never end for you, Lord, that they come to you, Lord. I thank you for give us time together like this. And I ask you to be with everyone and go with every one of them, both here and on the internet, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your blessing follow them. Amen. Praise the Lord. While we're singing in the last course, we just dismiss you in the name of Jesus Christ. And if Lord willing, we shall see you again on Wednesday. And if not, how glad we will be. The rapture will happen. And our brothers will go out of the jail. <laughs> then to the, well, whoever, uh, whoever said so the police or whatever they want to say, they say, where are those people gone? Bye-bye. <laughs> Let's just sing the last words. Uh, again, I mean the last uh, cor- the chorus again before we uh, dismiss. Ooh,